Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Beware of Greeks bearing crime. Gasoline is proud to present the incredible adventures of prominent Crutch Boy Jr. We now join wealthy young gadabout Prontius Crutchman, secretly our hero, prominent Crutch Boy Jr., in his luxury penthouse. Tonight's exciting tale, here's that murder you ordered, a signature is required. I wonder who... Oh, oh, uh... <clears throat> I wonder who's at the door. I'll just open the door and... Why, Police Chief Jones, what brings you here to my luxury penthouse? Well, Mr. Crotchman, I just wanted you... You to be aware that there's a dangerous foreign spy in the building. A foreign spy, you say? Well, I dare say prominent Crotch Boy Jr. shan't be far behind. Incredulous. <laughs> the very notion that you, a wealthy young gadabout, would know anything about the mysterious hero we call prominent Crotch Boy Jr. Comma is absurd. Goodbye, Mr. Crotchman. It would appear that this task is particularly suited for... Oh, uh, yes, goodbye, Chief. <clears throat> yes, uh, it would appear that this task is particularly suited for Prominent Crotch Boy Jr. one thing prominent Crutch Boy Jr. is known for, it's his integrity. And as a motorist, you need a gasoline with integrity. Green gasoline is the only petroleum-based fuel with extra lead and a distinctive green color that lets you know you're filling your car with quality lead. Isn't that right, PCBJ? <coughs> ah, mm, uh, yes, yes, that's, that's right. Uh, something about quality. That was an excerpt from one of the many hundreds of episodes of Prominent Crotch Boy Jr., the longest-running radio adventure show in the history of this network. Its creator, and until last week the owner of this network, Mr. Harold Webster King, was found dead last night at the Kingdom, his vast and somewhat eccentric estate. Besides the media empire, which he only liquidated six days ago, King leaves behind holdings in gold mines, oil wells, shipping, and real estate. With no apparent heir, it is uncertain to whom the King fortune will pass. This is King Wor- Sorry, this is SVFM. Well, that wasn't very professional. A more empathetic woman might say that we should make allowances for the poor broadcasters in this time of great transition. And what would you say? Radio journalism is an oxymoron, like military intelligence or disaster preparedness. Ah, or when they say something is in random order. I hate that. And I love that you hate that. You may only be a research assistant, champs, but you have the heart of a copy editor. Now, what can you tell me about King that wasn't in the papers today? Plenty, given that he owned most of those papers. The obituaries did more cherry-picking than a newlywed couple at a country orchard. What in the world was that? I've been toying with southern-style metaphors and similes. If I were you, I'd put that particular toy back in the box. Among the things I managed to uncover was that you, Mary Madison, magazine journalist, had a former life as Mary Madison newspaper journalist at the King Morning Journal. Well, that's hardly a secret. Maybe, but you never told me that. And you certainly never told me that you were fired from same. I also never told you my hat size. It's seven and one-eighth, if you think that's relevant. All I'm saying is it's a strange coincidence that you signed up to write a story about a dead guy who fired you eight years ago. Are you insinuating something? Have you ever known me to be the type of person to hold a grudge? Smart lad. Never say any more than you have to to the likes of me. Okay, so what's the angle here, then? King spent a considerable amount of his spare time in the Masked Vigilante game. I think he thought he was being discreet about it, but I had him made 20 years ago. Masked Vigilante? Like some kind of real-life version of prominent Crotch Boy Jr.? Very much like. Out of... respect, I guess. I kept mum about it for a lot of years. 
But the statute of limitations on Mum has just run out. So with that in mind, I want you to dive back into the archives and see what you can find out about that vigilante. It'll mostly be rumors and hearsay, but just grab anything you think might be relevant. Of particular interest, I think there might have been some kind of supernatural connection. I'm on it. He may not have left any heirs, but you don't run a sideshow like the Kingdom without a considerable staff. Uh, yes, hello? I'm Mary Madison from Panorama Magazine. Are you the executor of Harold King's estate? Well, I'm the guy who's gotta put everything in boxes. I already talked to a bunch of reporters earlier. Yes, and I'm sure they were very thorough. The piece I'm writing is about some of Mr. King's more unconventional activities, particularly of the spectral crime-fighting variety. Spectral? Not necessarily spectral, but I think there was some element of hocus-pocus to his activities, and I sat on this story for a lot of years. I'm sorry, miss, but I can assure you that Mr. King was into neither... Hocus nor pocus. How can you be so sure? Uh, Because there's no such thing. (laughs) Good day. I can see we're off to the usual start here. Hello? Hello? This station is still on the air, isn't it? Maybe it's a quaint old media idea, but don't you need employees to run a radio station? Oh, hello, Mary. What brings you here? Threefold. I'm looking for Polly Margot. She produced a kitty show on this station until last week when you sold the place. If I'd sold the place, we'd be having this conversation on a beach in Havana, rather than desperately trying to convince the new owner that I'm not a communist, which is a rumor, incidentally, that started with your Miss Margot. And the fact that you're literally registered with the American Communist Party. Yes, but she didn't know that. Anyway, I wasn't sorry to see her tossed out on her rear end when they sold the station. Oh, she doesn't work here anymore? No, but I'd be happy to dig up her home address because I... I know you want to bother her. Atta boy. Polly Margot? Oh, Miss Madison, I haven't seen you in years. I don't believe we were ever properly introduced, but I know we were in the same room on a number of occasions. As the person who probably knew Harold King the best, oh, I was... Oh, you want to ask me about Harold? Come on in. Um... Come on, I just put some coffee on. How do you take it? No cream, no sugar. Have a seat. I assume you finally want to know the story behind Harold's extracurricular activities. 25 years in the business and people still manage to surprise me. Yes, that's exactly what I'd like to know. Well, I was there from the beginning, so let's start there. It was the spring of 1930, at least it was spring stateside, but Harold and I passed through spring, autumn, winter, summer, and autumn again in a matter of days. Harold was, of course, the sole heir to the King fortune, His parents were murdered when he was seven, and he dedicated his life to living out all that seven-year-old boy's fantasies with that vast, unchecked inheritance. Do you mean honing his body and mind into the platonic ideal of a perfect human specimen? Amassing state-of-the-art crime-fighting resources and dedicating his life to tracking down his parents' murderers? (laughs) Oh, God, no. He was chasing candy and treasure and... Let me guess. Dinosaurs. Well, yes, but we discovered Brontosaurus Valley in 1928... Now, we were after magic. He'd studied a bit of archaeology at one of the many universities he was thrown out of and stumbled upon a reference to some kind of ancient power. We'd been chasing leads from Tordovia to Wellington, and amazingly, we were closing in on something. It was... Well, do you know that bit of Antarctica where it's sunny and warm like a jungle? No. Oh, you simply must go. It's a land the time forgot. So, in this grimy cave... (sighs) Harold, are you in here? Over here, Polly. How did you get past those natives? The guide told us they were ferocious cannibals and that chief had an awful hungry look in his eye. Why, Polly, I simply used my natural charms on him. The matrons at St. Kutch's School for Financially Secure Orphans were a lot more difficult to tame than Johnny Savage out there. A smile here, a kind word there, cadence matters more than actual language, I've found. And the world's your oyster. I suppose those charms are what brought me here. Hand me that shovel, girl. We have no time for your babbling. Here. And some water. I've nearly talked myself dry with those natives. Hurry up! (sighs) Oh, it's empty. The ancient scrolls said that our quarry was in either a small cave or inside an active volcano. My Sumerian's a bit rusty, and apparently you don't know Sumerian. Well, I was supposed to take it next semester before we ran off to- Therefore, applying my typically flawless logic, I can deduce that it was probably a cave. This cave. And what we're looking for should be right 
There. That green light. What is it? Isn't it obvious? It's the Eye of Shemush. At least I think it was the Eye. It was either that or... That or... What? Harold? Are you okay? It's speaking to me. It's offering me its power. The power to conjure spirits from beyond the veil. Is that all it's saying? Apparently there are some conditions. Yes, it's... I accept the burden of Namkuzu. Yes, like Great Dagrim, I will carry the word. Uh, all right, I will take the name and assume the mantle of... What? I must have heard it wrong. I'll have to double-check the translation when we get home. Oh, are we going home? Yes, I have what I came for. Now I finally have the power to protect the people who need me most. Harold, that amulet, it just appeared as if from out of nowhere, and now it's burning right through your shirt. I'm rich, Polly. I can buy more shirts. Come on, we're leaving. He sounds like every bit the charmer he was when he fired me from the King Morning Journal. Why'd he fire you? For doing my job. So we got back to the kingdom a few days later. Harold spent most of the plane ride home communing with these ancient forces. He had a very clear idea of what he intended to do with his newly acquired power, and within a month he was on the streets fighting what he called the good fight. And that's when he first put on the trench coat and the mask? Well, mask isn't entirely accurate. All right, trench coat, check, hat, check, utility belt containing one, two, three, four, five loaded guns, check, amulet, check, and what on earth is this? Well, I'm not sure the hat is going to conceal your identity quite as much as you'd hoped. So I've attached a false nose, eyebrows, and mustache to this pair of eyeglasses. Here. Now you don't look anything like that dashing young man about town in the society pages. This is ridiculous. I look like a vaudeville. You really shouldn't be recognized if you plan to take the law into your own hands. It could endanger your loved ones. My parents were killed when I was seven, Polly. I have no loved ones to concern myself with. Oh. And now, to action! I must have seen him at work 200 times over the years. And every time was just as exciting as that first. What's so special about skulking on rooftops and punching people? He just had a certain flair. The mood was electric. Hmm. <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? You! You look ridiculous! What are you supposed to be? Salvation for the virtuous and punishment for the wicked. He just shot him? felt hmm. the judicial system was too lenient on criminals and that he had been imbued with a special ability what ability as far as i can tell the only special power he had was the ownership and basic working knowledge of firearms what does this even have to do with that mystical amulet mumbo jumbo oh well that helps him out of plenty of tight spots i can assure you polly they've locked me in the boiler room i got the blueprints for that warehouse from city hall like you told me and it doesn't look like there's a way out of that boiler room. Hmm. You may be right. The underworld has started using unshootable locks. I am left with no choice but to invoke the ancient power with which I have been entrusted. I call forth the spirit of mankind's greatest escape artist, Harry Houdini! Ah. <sighs> You've got to be kidding me. Spirit, I require your assistance. But, spirits, there is no afterlife. Spirits are but the fevered imaginings of the weak-willed and the gullible. And yet here you are, five years after your death, and I can see through you. <sighs> Suppose I owe Conan Doyle an apology. And 30 pounds. As it happens, Sir Arthur passed last summer. I believe it was in July. Yes, well, metaphysical doubts notwithstanding. Here I am. Ooh. I suppose. What do you want? I am a crime fighter, sworn to protect this city from reprobates and undesirables, and I have been charged with mastery over the spirit world itself. Uh-huh. How does this, uh, exactly involve me? In my pursuit of justice, the filthy criminal element have confined me here while their lawlessness remains unchecked. Until I escape and set matters right, the good people of this city will remain in peril. So you're locked in a room. 
Yes. And you summoned me, the world's foremost escapologist, to get you through a door. Did you try the knob? I shot at it, yes. Oh, yes. I can see now that you're carrying six guns? Seven. Seven. Of course. Do you have any other crime-fighting resources at your disposal? (sighs) Just you. Mm. And did it not occur to you that the specialized equipment I used to perform my daring escapes was not as such alive, and so does not now exist in a ghostly form on my person? Well, I mean, you're wearing clothes. Yes, well, I don't pretend to know how any of this works. Till just now, I was certain I didn't exist. Can you get me out of here or not? Uh, Yeah, probably. Look around for a rusty nail or a hairpin. The ghost of Houdini? Was King not satisfied rubbing elbows with the living elite? Couldn't he have just summoned a locksmith? Oh, Harold only ever summoned the upper crust. He wasn't exactly on a first-name basis with the help or tradesmen or... You know, that element. Which element is that? Poor people. But he swore to protect the people of the city, didn't he? Ah, he swore to protect the important people of the city. By his specific definition of important. So the wealthy. Got it in one. So presumably Houdini got him out of that room, and then? Then he broke the strike. The dock workers union dissolved, and shipping for Van Eyck development continued unimpeded. Van Eyck? The slumlord who found oil under that orphanage and displaced all those poor children? Harold felt... That society looks to its most prosperous and successful citizens for guidance. If there was someone looking out for them, they could in turn look out for everyone else. Well, if a quarter century of chasing headlines has taught me anything, it's that the contents of a person's bank account is directly proportionate to his moral fiber. I'd rather keep politics out of this, if we can. So it sounds like he had you doing the legwork while he was out getting his guns dirty. For a while, yes. But later that year, when Harold paid a visit to the main affiliate of King Worldwide Broadcasting to set up that radio program... Not prominent crotch boy junior. The same. Wait a minute. You don't mean to tell me that that awful radio show was inspired by his costume shenanigans, do you? Oh, I think they were loosely based on his adventures, yes. But it was on that visit that I discovered my own passion for radio. Some agents from the Ministry of the Unconventional for Canada and the U.S. were also there that day. They'd seen how successful the official FBI G-Men radio shows had gone, and they wanted a piece of that. I know, M-U-C-U-S. Terrible acronym. But amazing stories. I convinced Harold to let me produce the show. How did you manage that? It doesn't sound like your relationship was exactly a two-way street. Oh, he was very focused on developing PCBJ. I don't even think he realized what he was signing. But that's when my life turned around. Producing and starring in that show really made me feel a sense of purpose. My character, Dottie, inspired a generation of little girls. And the sales of Dakota rings, even in the depths of the Great Depression, meant the show was pretty much self-sustaining. Between his new show and what he was getting up to after hours, I don't think Harold even noticed. I remember. I also remember your show went off the air about 20 years ago. It did. But there were lots of other radio shows. I had my foot in the door. And as long as I was there for Harold in his second career... Well, he never asked what I got up to during the day, so I never felt the need to tell him. Even years after we drifted apart, when I'd managed to revive the show as a space adventure... I don't think he looked at the books closely enough to realize. But that show was recently cancelled by King when he sold the station, wasn't it? Well, television's the thing now. There are a lot of changes happening in the world of radio. But you sold enough ray guns and flashlights to stay afloat? I'll be alright. Very well, Miss Margot. Thank you for your time. So, the producer of that prominent crotch program, what was his name again? Chester McIntyre, ma'am. Writer, producer, director, narrator, and Foley artist. At your service. Well, I don't have any particular need for those services, but you may be able to help me. What can you tell me about prominent... I, uh, I'd I'd be happy to tell you anything you need to know. I can, uh, scratch your back if you scratch mine. From the look of your arms, I'd say you have scratching covered. (laughs) Right, uh, cool, really cool, but, uh... Seriously, make with the voo. I'm not above slipping a couple of bucks to a source if they're down on their luck, but I'm not used to being shaken down by someone who's held down the same job for a quarter of a century. Listen, things are about to get real tight real fast for old Chester, you dig? Maybe you ain't seen the bulletin. They just called last stop on my gravy train. 
This new owner ain't exactly hip to the prominent Crotschide. Far as I can tell, no one ever was. But surely you can parlay that experience into a position on some other show. Perhaps a show with listeners. Listeners were never the point of PCBJ. The boss man had a bare minimum of required content. And the rest, you left the rest up to my discretion. You produced a show called Prominent Crotch Boy Jr. How much discretion was really at work here? You gotta understand, when, when this thing started... It was a different time. Mr. King met met with me in early 31 with his initial ideas. Chester. It's Chester, isn't it? Chester is one of my most promising producers. All due respect, sir. I haven't actually produced anything before. One of my most promising up-and-coming producers. Oh, I like the sound of that. I want you to develop a program for me. An adventure program. Sure. The kids love adventure programs. And the advertisers will be lining up. Let me worry about the advertisers. This is our flagship station. And we can reach the entire country with anything that broadcasts from here. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Good. Good. And our peak listenership is... When? Until about 10 o'clock in the evening? Well, yes, sir. But if it's kids you're after... This can go on sometime after midnight, 1 or 2 a.m., wherever we have an opening. All right. Now, the hero, he's a costumed crime fighter called Captain Potence. No, uh, uh, Butch Macho. No? All right, let's, let's get direct. But Phil Fallis. Really? Nothing. Okay, uh, alright, our translation was gender-neutral, wasn't it? Let's make him army man. Private... Sir, if you're trying to get something lewd on the air, uh, I'm not sure... Crotch. I beg your pardon? Prominent crotch. Sir, what... Oh, whoa, that funny necklace you have just lit up. That's a neat trick. Oh, good, finally. Okay, uh, prominent crotch... Man. No, maybe something that invokes manhood a little less... Boy, prominent crotch boy. I'm not... Wow, that thing's really glowing strong. You got some radium in there or something? Yes, radium, exactly. Cool. Anyway, I'm not even sure prominent crotch boy is gonna fly, Chief. Even at one in the morning. Ah, fine, we'll soften it a bit. A prominent crotch boy junior. Does that work? Uh, are you talking to me or to your necklace? Yes, that seems to satisfy it. And I expect it's inoffensive enough at that. If I grease the right palms, it won't be a problem for those people. Tell me about this necklace. Oh, real fancy, like, real ornate. No other word for it. That sucker was ornate. I think it was less of a necklace and more of a... Amulet? Yeah, you seen this thing before? It's come up, and you say it glowed when he talked his way through this horrible premise? That's right. If I didn't know better, I'd say he was speaking for it. And what it wanted him to say was prominent crotch boy junior? Yeah, I guess. Yes, anyway, once we'd worked all that out, he gave me these weird handwritten pages with... Well, I'm I'm being generous here. Plot notes, story beats, I suppose. Sometimes they were just one word, like warehouse or scientist. And you'd have carte blanche to write a script around that? Yeah, he diverted a not inconsiderable amount of dough to this project and left strict instructions to the cats who handled that dough not to interfere. So, like, even when he'd go off on one of his crazy globe-trotting benders or whatever... And, and the money cats started pawing around what could stay and what had to go. We got left alone. Regardless of ratings or anything else, as long as we... As long as you carried the word? Yes. He actually used that exact phrase. I, I don't know if we ever did that, but PCBJ never missed an episode from 31 to... Till last week, when he sold the station. Right. And I'm going to take a wild stab and say that while those checks and notes, such as they were, kept pouring in, a substantial portion of those funds went to the writer, producer, director, narrator, and foley artist, more specifically, directly into his arm. I I brought in a couple of voice actors. Well, voice actors. I guess I misjudged you. Clearly, you surrounded yourself with people of the highest possible moral fiber. You're not gonna tell anyone, are you? I'll keep you as an anonymous source. This is one piece of a larger puzzle. I'm not writing a story about how lousy prominent Crotch Boy Jr. was. My business is the news, not telling people things they already know. But if you could let me have a look at those handwritten notes Mr. King sent you, that'd help me a lot. Sure thing. Uh, so if you're not gonna give me any money, do you maybe have some heroin on you? Oh, you must be Mrs. Madison. 
Thank you, Wallingford. That will be all. It's Miss Madison, actually. And I appreciate you taking time away from your gardening to speak to me. Oh, heavens. I may prune the occasional rose, but we have people for all of this. I'm sure you do. I don't typically speak with the Fourth Estate, but I recognize you. You wrote that fascinating expose on Senator Carter. Do you have a particular interest in investigative journalism? (laughs) Oh, goodness, no. That expose led to his resignation, which led to Cousin Mortimer taking the seat, which, if I may say, is a bit more agreeable for the Montgomery clan. I dare say it is. Mrs. Montgomery, I'd like to speak with you about an incident from about 20 years ago. 20 years ago? That would have been around the time I met Aloysius on that safari to hunt Bali tigers. The Bali tiger is extinct. It is now, yes. Well done, Aloysius, wouldn't you say? He's a man who sees a test through to completion. This would have been just after you were married. There was an incident here involving the theft of a priceless artifact that you might... Oh, so many of our artifacts are priceless. You're really going to have to be more specific. This would have been a book, I believe. Some kind of an ancient text. Oh, our encounter with the guardian angel. Excuse me? This may not be well known in your circles, but there are stories of... Well, hero is the only word for it. A hero who looks out for the people. Our kind of people. The wealthy. Yes, that's right. Aloysius and I had only been married a few months at this point. I hadn't visited the east-northeast wing yet, but there was quite a commotion in there. Someone was apparently trying to take something. While I wasn't certain what exactly was in there, I knew it was ours, and I knew nobody else had a right to have it. My word! Wallingford? Wallingford, there's a terrible commotion out toward the library. You must phone the authorities at once. Wallingford? Hello? Last. Aloysius. Aloysius, wake up! There's some kind of a... Oh my. I think they're right outside the window. It's Aloysius. It's him. It's the Guardian. Oh. He got one! This is actually rather exciting! I say, hello! The other two went that way towards the hedge maze. Two down! One to go! The stable! He's headed for the stable! Oh! He slipped right out of there and gone towards the fountain! He's headed for... Mind the bees! Oh no! Mr. Guardian Angel! I believe your quarry's headed for the airplane hangar! Get him! Get him! Oh, damn! And wouldn't you know that's when Aloysius woke up? He missed the entire folderol. Folderol seems a bit light when you're describing at least two murders on your lawn. And you know the funny thing? Please, tell me the funny thing. The ruffians that he did manage to subdue... Murder? They were girls. Sixteen, maybe seventeen years old. Wearing these ludicrous dark robes and they had tattoos on the back of their necks. You know what they say about girls with tattoos. Well, I can imagine what you'd say. So the one that got away, also a young woman? I didn't get a good look at that one. Terrible business. We had to fly around in the small plane until Aloysius could get Howard on the phone to bring us a new one. The plane was just a getaway vehicle. What were they actually after? Oh, some kind of ancient book or other. Aloysius's great, great, Something or other brought it back from an archaeological dig on the Dark Continent. It's just as well they took it anyway. Got the Smithsonian off our backs. Honestly, 
If I had a dime for every procession of ours that those people insisted should be on display for the common rebel to put their filthy paws on... You'd be obscenely rich. Emphasis on obscene. Can you tell me anything more about this book? Oh, I think you've taken quite enough of my time now, thank you. That would be all. And then she just dismissed me like I was her servant. Well, the people like her were all basically their servants. So I know it's not a lot to go on, but did you find anything out about this book? Best I can find, there's only one actual copy of that book, Kishimar's Tome, in existence. But there are a lot of secondary, tertiary, quaternary, and quinary sources that cite it. So much, in fact, that I got to learn the words quaternary and quinary today. So do all those pieces add up to anything resembling a whole? Once you filter out a certain degree of he said, he said, he said, and a level of bigotry that would make Goebbels blush, well, one hesitates to throw the word infinitesimal around willy-nilly, and yet... Bearing all that in mind, let's pull out the microscope. All right. So the book was sort of an instruction manual for bringing about the end of the world. Well, that's a tall order. Did it at least have diagrams? Apparently the original illustrations drove some people crazy. Something about sinister angles, which doesn't make a lick of sense. Unfortunately, that's all I know about the actual book. But in one of those secondary sources, I discovered that there's an organization that offered to buy the book from the Montgomery's on at least three occasions. Let me guess. Their position was something along the lines of, no, mine. Well, dress it up in fancy etiquette, and that's pretty much it. They didn't want anyone to have it, but they also kept it uh, in one of their eight libraries on a high shelf. Between a Victorian guide to penmanship and a paperback copy of Murder on the Orient Express. And how to put this delicately... Mrs. Montgomery didn't exactly strike you as a literary type, did she? She would have struck me if she thought she could get away with it. Struck or stricken? Madison. Yes? That's, um... Calm down, calm down. I'll be over in just a moment. I think that might be a break in the story. I'll take whatever information you have on whoever you think took that book. And I have one more job for you. You can count on me. I want you to look up the correct participle for strike. If you're right, you can go home early today. If I'm right... Well, there's a big pile of filing on my desk. Oh, no there isn't. I took care of that earlier. You're a good kid, champs. But you're still probably wrong about that participle. Oh, Miss Madison. Thank goodness I I owe you an apology. If I spent all my time collecting on that debt, I'd never get anything done. There are things in this world that are beyond our comprehension. Strange forces that- Yes, I believe we've had this conversation. What changed your mind? Well- I just finished sorting out the room full of possibly famous hair, don't even ask, and I found a secret room underneath one of the secret rooms. This house sounds like a Russian nesting doll. There was a big pile of private journals in there. Well, they were bound volumes labeled journal, but the pages were empty and sticky. Yes, I remember that sort of thing coming up during the war. If we apply a little heat to those pages... Oh, invisible ink. What do you think he used? Lemon juice? Probably. That's funny. It didn't smell very lemony. Anyway, that wasn't the strange part. I thought maybe there'd be another hidden room off of this one, so I started pulling and pushing everything I could find. And that's when the shelf collapsed, and all those antique crystal jars with weird inscriptions came crashing down. So what? Nobody's going to yell at you. King's dead. Well, that's just it. Last time you were here... I was fairly certain that I would never see Mr. King again, but now, well, have a look. Huh. Huh? There must be 20 or 30 ghosts in that room, and all you can say is, huh? Kid, I marked off ghosts on my supernatural dance card just after they played the first song at this hoedown. Oh, gosh, one of them's coming over here. I doubt they're going to help you sweep up, but I don't think they mean any harm. Don't feel bad, kid. I didn't believe in us either. And on the bright side, we're free now. You can tell your friends that you helped the great Houdini with his final escape. Well, that's pretty keen, actually. Come, my spectral brethren. Let us ascend to... The afterlife. Boy, that don't beat all. Now, if you've finished being astonished by something that the rest of us have accepted as an everyday occurrence... I'd like to ask you a few questions. Sure. I guess you'll want to see those journals. I guess at some point I should probably take a look at them. But first I want to talk to you about your experiences with Mr. King, how you came to be in his employ, and 
Really, what he got up to after he hung up his business suit and traded it in for a pair of fuzzy hermit's pajamas. Jeepers. Okay. Well, Mr. King came back from a trip in 1946 and fired his entire staff. You probably know about that. He also fired me that year, as it happens. Well, he probably would have. He developed a distinctive attitude towards women late in his life. Also pretty aware of that, yes. <clears throat> so, um... From what I can gather from people who knew him before that uh, trip, he came back pretty shaken. He was deaf, for one thing. I suspected something like that. There was the woman-hating thing, which is how I got hired. He'd had a personal assistant. Do you know Miss Margot? We've spoken. But she was out, and he brought me in. I was to tend to his daily affairs. He never left the grounds in the eight years I worked for him. So he didn't have to do any kind of appointment-making or anything like that. But I saw to his more unique needs. I ordered special armor for his jousting tortoises. All male, of course. Of course. He had me buy and maintain any items, balls, bats, rackets, that were complicit with big losses in sports. He said they were jinx, which was like uh, a tiny portion of a curse. He thought if we gathered up enough jinxed items, we would eventually have enough to make up one curse. Sure, that's sensible. Then there was a rotation. One day, he decided uh, that all his various employees should move, quote, one job to the left. So the chauffeur became the gardener, the dentist started driving his car, his lawyer was made to tend his teeth, and so on. We lost a lot of people in that mess. The keeper of the bassinets taught me a few new obscenities as he stormed out. Bassinets? King didn't have any children. Yeah, I know, but that's the sort of thing I dealt with. And this incident in 46, did he ever give you any indication as to what might have happened? Not really. The only thing I ever really heard was on my first day when I passed Miss Margo on her way out. She mentioned a harbor cruise and some, what'd she say, tarted up Harris. Does that help you at all? Actually, yes. Now it becomes a simple game of elimination. There are only so many heiresses in this city, and only so many of those who could have been on a harbor cruise with King in early 46. Oh, so you have the two sides of the triangle, and now you can solve for the hypotenuse. You have a flair for metaphors, kid. Ever consider a career in journalism? Prince dead. Sorry, I was looking for Dorothy Rousseau. Can you tell me where she might... Yes, that's me. Forgive me not shaking your hand. I'm a bit... Well, I'm not supposed to say sweat, but there's really no other word for a dessert. There's a boy back in my office that probably knows a few. It's just, if you're going to teach young women to defend themselves, becoming a bit must is inevitable. You're Dorothy Rousseau? I was expecting... Uh... You're Mary Madison, the reporter. I was not expecting hesitation from you. Do I detect a glimmer of tact? Well, you know what they say about a stopped clock. <laughs> That's more like what I was expecting. And you are expecting a woman of nearly 70... Which, I assure you, I am. But I just watched you subdue an opponent twice your size in front of those girls. Who better to teach survival than a survivor? I suppose if you know who I am, then you know why I'm here. Yes, I suppose I do. You'll want to talk about that book and my last encounter with Arrowed King. This is the second time today I haven't had to badger, cajole, and imply threats to get an answer out of someone. If this keeps up, I'm going to go soft. I'm happy to tell you what you want to know. But can we step outside, please? I don't want the girls to see me smoking. After you. <sighs> okay. First of all, I can tell you about the book because, and I paid a lawyer handsomely to confirm this for me, the statute of limitations has passed. But if Mrs. Montgomery wants it back, you can tell her it's at the bottom of the harbor. As much as I'd love to see her strap on a snorkel and some flippers, I think we both know it'd be some poor, terrified houseboy. Ah, the idle rich. I myself was born rich, but uh, idleness never suited me. And yet, the devil still found plenty of use for my hands. What was in that book, Dorothy? I could bore you with a lot of proper names, with a lot of apostrophes, and attempt to win you over with wordy descriptions that say little more than, this thing is undescribable. But I won't. Basically, this book went into great detail about God's mistakes. 
and it pointed the way to the rug under which he swept them. God? Really? You've lived in this city for over 30 years. You've seen ghosts and Draculas and the rest. What's so hard to believe about God? Just doesn't seem very likely. Well, if it makes you feel better, that's just one interpretation. Let us say there are doors that most people would prefer remain closed. This book was for those of us who are not most people. Let's be clear here. You are trying to end the world? Oh, no. I I admit when I tried to open the door on my youth, that was my goal. In your youth? In 1910, which incidentally would have been around when this city first started seeing ghosts and Draculas and the rest. That was you? Guilty. But not prosecutable, I'm afraid. There are no laws against opening hell portals. Well, no human laws. Anyway, I was young and impetuous, and I wanted to end the world for, well, love. You can't spell necromancer without romance. That failed, but everyone's life was a lot more entertaining after that. You certainly made our lives more difficult. Your AP style guide doesn't exactly have a section on cryptozoology. Is Bigfoot a proper noun? Where do the hyphens go in man-eating parking meter? Can I say a dinosaur rampaged through the financial district on a Tuesday? Or do I need to be more specific and say it was a brontosaurus? Like I said, entertaining. The chaos suited me, but after a few decades, it became the status quo. So I thought I'd open it again just a touch more. But what did you need the book for? You'd already done it once. Yes, but there are so many rules to this sort of thing, and any number of seemingly unrelated astronomical flotsam and jetsam has to line up just so. Rotate your ceremonial dagger on the virgin possum's blood clockwise, not counterclockwise, and great Sagaza help you if the dagger is stainless steel and not tempered in the heart of a pure volcano. What's the hell even is a pure volcano? It's actually rather amazing I managed to open it as far as I did that first time. So once I had the book, and when the time was right, I booked passage on a boat and took my young women on a little cruise. I want to thank you, Mr. Mayor, for giving us this opportunity. My foundation has done what it can for these unfortunate young women, but the strict supervision and classroom education we provide for them is no substitute for real-world experience. Oh, excuse me. I think I see someone I very much want to meet. No, the amulet isn't any help. Guns are for stopping evil, not detecting it. I need you to snoop around and find our sorcerer. I'll see what I can do, Errol. Yes, see that you... Oh, hello. Mr. Errol King? I'm Dorothy Rousseau. Of the Rousseau Foundation. You're helping those poor wayward girls. Young women, yes. I imagine you're often mistaken for one of your young charges. (laughs) No, but it's very kind of you to say that. I can see how they might be considered wayward if they all dress like that. Forgive my assistant. She lacks sophistication. Polly, isn't there something you should be doing? I suppose someone should be chaperoning those young women, since they appear to be unattended. I'm terribly sorry about her. I'd much rather talk about us. Oh? Is there something to talk about? I'd like to think so. I typically find this to be the case when beautiful women go out of their way to approach me. You're standing at the exact midway point between the mare and the shrimp. You are very much not out of my way. Well, if it's shrimp you're interested in, I... The lights have gone. Miss Miss Rousseau, are you... She's gone. Looks like Polly didn't find that black magician in time. I need to get changed. So you actually heard him say that? Out loud? He just declared to no one that he needed to put on his crime fighter costume? Very clearly, yes. But... I didn't stick around long. I was headed astern. A small team had diverted the ship to our destination. We had run aground on a small island. There are no islands off this coast. Uh, Not typically, but... uh, When the moon, blah, 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 the veil is lifted, the sea provides... So it was low tide. Exactly. I got into place, my acolytes took their places. These were your wayward girls? Well, 
at Zerenzi Sea, holding their beautiful curved scimitars. They didn't so much resemble wayward girls as they did pirates. My God, the portal. It's real. And the sorcerer is a woman? Don't open that door! I'm opening the door. I'm going to stop you. I'm afraid you're not. I have every intention of opening this door. Stop him at all costs. The ritual is nearly completed. Don't force me to... Ah, the hell with it. What? That's... My guns. I need those. That's not the only trick I have up my sleeve. I call forth the spirit of... Jewel is complete, and I see you've subdued the interloper. Bring him forward. We shall present him as an offering to our dark gods. It. Now cast him. Oh, damn. The forces are moving out of alignment. Our work with the portal is complete, but the exposed landmass is moving it back beneath the waves. Our dark purpose here has concluded. Now let's get out of here before our feet get wet. So you just left him there? No man could stare directly into that abyss and retain his sanity. Plus, we figured he'd just drown. The only special tools he carried were guns. Guns don't float, but... You know, it's strange. All those myriad forces I talked about, all the cosmic eyes and astrological T's, they're all dotted and crossed. Right now. I wonder if some other enterprising soul will make our lives even more interesting. But you're here running what I assume is a reputable school. More or less. And all your girls are accounted for? Nightly. Then what makes you suspect that... Oh, not suspect. Look at this sigil on my shoulder. It's... Unless your tattoo parlor has radioactive ink, it's glowing. Does that mean what I think it means? What do you think it means? I think if you're being that coy, I need to see a man about a boat. No, this is definitely the spot. Drop anchor here. I know it doesn't look like much, but give it 20 minutes. I paid for the full afternoon, so you're free to go play shuffleboard or enjoy a nice can of spinach or whatever you nautical types get up to. All right, there's our rat. And there's the cheese. Captain, I'm going ashore to that improbable island. Well, I have to say, you're the last person I expected to see here. If you're here to stop me, I think you've greatly overestimated the power of the press. You realize if you open that thing any further, you'll suck the city, maybe the entire world, into an uncompromising, incomprehensible hell dimension. Yes, but in the process, he'll get swallowed up. Polly, this hysteria has gone far enough. What exactly do you- Shut up! You just shut up! I've been taking your abuse for 30 years, Harold Webster King, and tonight I finish what that trollop couldn't. This is the only thing you were ever afraid of, and now you're going to spend eternity there. Listen, Miss Margot, let's not do anything we'll regret. She did murder me. You can be quiet. That's one thing she and I definitely agree on. Miss Margot, Polly, very little, if anything, this man did was worth emulating. Certainly not the idea that murder can solve all your problems. But more importantly, this seems a bit disproportionate. Haven't the rest of us already suffered enough thanks to the actions of one Harold Webster King? You're not going to talk me out of this. He took my youth. He never had a kind word for me. And then he destroyed the one thing I cared about in all the world. Yes, me, right? No, you horse's ass! My voice acting! Giving hope to a generation of children! 
creating a world where a resourceful little girl can be the real hero. I'm rusty on my literary canon. Remind me which hero opened a portal to hell. Are you serious? You thought you were reaching people? Radio's history. Television's the thing now. Why do you think I got at the radio network for parts and sold its hollow remains to the first foreign investor whose check was printed in English? Who do you think that show for children mattered to anyone? Well, I'm not sure why I thought I was the right person to talk her off the ledge. It's happening. The force is in alignment. Just a little bit more. What on earth? The cavalry, my boy. Capital work, Miss Madison. Terribly sorry for the delay. It turns out it's dash difficult to navigate a blimp through an interdimensional rift event, don't you know? I thought it was a dirigible. Oh, who remembers? I've got my lads carving the usual sigils and signs to prevent that thing opening any further, and I've got a team diving for that bally book to ensure it doesn't cause any further trouble. We'll clean up this ectoplasmic mess here. I think he prefers to be called Mr. King. What is the meaning of all this? <laughs> meaning? But the world has no meaning, lad. It's a strange and cruel place filled with wonders beyond mortal reckoning. That's what we're for. Uh, not to find meaning, mind you, just to clean it all up as best we can. And who the hell are you? We're the Ministry of the Unconventional for Canada and the United States. That really isn't a very good acronym. You go, you're coming with us as well. The girls been through a lot, Colonel. You'll take that into account, I hope. We're not monsters, Ms. Madison, we just fight them. We'll see if we can't tighten a few of those loose screws, and then we'll see what's what. Come along, Miss Margot. We're going home. I've always wanted to ride on a flare. Actually, I've been informed it's a dirigible. Oh, is that so? Well, that's the ghost sorted out. And now, I believe we'll be off. But Miss Madison... It feels as though we have this conversation at least twice a decade, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you again. Would you consider joining us? As always, Colonel, the answer is no. Covert operations are the diametric opposite of everything I've dedicated my life to. Well, I had to ask. It's a great, wide, wonderful, weird world out there, you know. I'm well aware of that, Colonel, but not everyone out there is. And that's why I need to be exactly where I am. To tell them. Citizen Crotch was produced and directed by Amanda Smith and Ron Algar-Watt. It was written by Amanda Smith and Ron Algar-Watt with Matt Robotham. It featured Mark Bosco as Chester, Duncan Bosco as Lloyd, Danielle K.L. Gregoire as Young Mrs. Montgomery, Nathan LaJeunesse as Champs McGovern, Brian Lynch as The Colonel, Caitlin Obam as Old Mrs. Montgomery and Dorothy Rousseau, Joseph Ravenson as Harold Webster King, Matt Robotham as Eric Flint, the voice of prominent Crutch Boy Jr., Sabrina Snyder as Polly, Jason Wallace as the voice of Police Chief Jones and the ghost of Harry Houdini, and Ron Algar-Watt as the thug and Rick Threefold. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2015. For more radio plays as well as serials and comedy sketches, visit sarcasticvoyage.com.